Hello welcome and welcome to Fringe Division, a Fringe Rewatch podcast. I'm Jimmy. I'm Martin, and today we'll be discussing The Ghost Network, which aired on Fox on September 23rd, 2008. Yes, it was written by David H. Goodman and J.R. Orsay, and directed by Frederick E. O. Toy. What's going to happen is this. I work in Fringe Division. Weird is a matter of degrees. Spoiler free for the rest of the show. Hashtag spoiler free till I'm tempted to see. So we're on episode three, Martin. Episode three of Fringe. Um, And what did you think of this one? Yeah, it was good. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with episode four. Um, Right. So the plot of this um, episode is thus. A man named Roy McComb confesses to his priest that he sees visions of bad things, including a bus where everyone is going to die. That's not the kind of bad things you want to be having visions of. No. Simultaneously with this scene, a man enters a bus, unleashes a canister emitting gaseous fumes, and steals a backpack before quickly getting off. Okay. Maybe they could have worded that differently. Um, Steals a backpack before quickly getting off. Maybe. Oh dear. Yeah. That's the kind of bad <laughs> visions you want to have. <laughs> right, so I I liked this opening scene. I thought it was really good. Um it was quite sort of, you know, tense and I think we discussed this during the pilot, but it's another example of I don't want to say it's dated, but in the mid late two thousands is it was very zeitgeisty. Yeah. You know, people causing mischief on public transport, yeah. you know, is reminiscent not just of uh, 9-11, but you had the 2005 tube bombings. Mm-hmm. So someone fiddling about with a canister on a bus sort of, uh, you know, opens up a lot of the tensions that were in the world at the time. And, you know, it wasn't particularly noticeable at the time because... You know, everything was that, but kind of watching it now, it feels quite then. I guarantee you a police procedural has done a plot like this, apart from the Amber, but a police procedural has done a plot like this like in, within the last three or four years in the US. Someone's been on public transport and um, blew it up or something. I guarantee you that has happened. So it yeah, still, it probably has. Yeah, so it still goes on. Was, I guess my point was wrong. No, your point was absolutely correct. I'm not saying that that sort of thing is over and done with. I'm saying it was very much in the... Yeah, it was everywhere. You know, yeah. In the way that we have, you know, the things that we have now Mm -hmm. instead. After after this, we've got the, the funeral... The funeral of um, uh, John Scott. Remember him? Um, and Mark- Tom Scott, the famous YouTuber. No, John Scott. Um, oh. John Scott, the French character. Um, and uh, Oh, the short-lived sex man. Yeah. And Mark Valley's still getting billing before John Noble, despite only being in it in a photo. And then, like, you know, briefly at the end. Um, yeah. We should do a Where is Mark Valley this week segment. <laughs> <laughs> He's on that bed. Yeah, he's unconscious. He's over here. Yeah, he's over there. Yeah, so he's briefly at the end and he's unconscious, which you know is a step up from being dead, I suppose. 
so I can only assume they have something planned for him. Why aren't we calling this the Best Friends Podcast anyway? Because, well, we could. We could call it the Best Friends Podcast and then after it, after we do Fringe, we can do other shows. <laughs> <laughs> after we give up on Fringe halfway through season one, we can do other shows. <laughs> well, no, because that will probably end up being the show Friends and I'm not down for that. No, I wouldn't do a, friend, a Friends and, and Podcast. And all we'll have is people writing in saying that they're a Better Friends Podcast. Yeah, well, that would be true. There's also better French podcasts out there, and there's only one at the moment, so... And I've never even listened to it yet. Right, anyway. So, the funeral scene. I actually quite like Charlie in this scene. Yeah. Um, because he didn't actually... He didn't deny what Scott did for a change. Mm-hmm. And he made Olivia laugh. You know, he was being a good friend. Did you see John's mother? She wouldn't stop looking at me. His mother? Yeah, like she was blaming me for what happened to him like it was my fault he was dead as far as john's mother knows her son died a hero serving his country a hero he used me charlie i mean he told me he loved me i wasn't gonna tell you this but he said he loved me too So yeah. I, I liked that. That was a. You know the shot of the uh, the bereaved mother where uh-huh. she's just staring at Olivia. Yeah. And you see a flag pass in front of her face. Did you expect for her to vanish? <laughs> <laughs> or to turn into John Scott? Yeah. <laughs> um. No. <laughs> I never actually thought about it, but. I wish I did, because that is funny. Um, The French team arrive at the bus only to find the fumes have hardened into an amber-like substance, trapping and killing those inside. I do like the shot, though. I do like seeing them all sort of trapped inside the amber. Yes. That's really quite a scary scary thing, because they're all, like, shocked face, and (laughs) um, Mm. they're all kind of, what the fuck is going on face, I'm going to die face. Uh, It's quite, guess, creepy. Um, Walter studies the substance and concludes it started out as a gas and then solidified, suffocating the passengers. I'm not really into horror, uh, so my opinion could completely invalidate this, but it was nicely creepifying. And like the whole, uh, the way the cops just like, uh, come on, move it, buddy. <laughs> and then realises something's amiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I must have seen because it's not in um, Wikipedia, but we missed the scene about with um, Walter and Peter in the um, diner. And I really love Walter's reaction to the phone. Um, yes. Because he 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 doesn't recognise it as a phone. He doesn't know what it is, really. He doesn't know how to answer it because he's been locked up for 17 years. Um, and John Noble's just knocking out the park as per usual. We, sh- we should have called this podcast John Noble is the Best, a French rewatch podcast. I think that would have worked. I'm um, down for it. Yep. Uh, he does do that a couple of times, though. Like, he talks of the MRI machine. Is that what it's called, the MRI? Uh, later yes. on, the one that Roy goes into. Um, because he hasn't seen one of those before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like the way... He's just great. Yeah. Hello and welcome to John Noble is the Best podcast. Right, so... <laughs> And uh, 
And Walter shows some lucidity as well, talking, uh, he's asking Peter who the man in the restaurant was. I was kind of watching this whilst playing on my phone like I do all TV because I'm a young person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have I got this right? You're happy. Peter is being followed by a group of overzealous Dawson's Creek fans who want a Dawson Creek reunion and are trying to blackmail him into it. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, They've already got uh, James Vanderbeek, because James Vanderbeek will do absolutely fucking anything. But everyone else is a holdout, so they're they're just trying to get... Michelle Williams isn't going to touch it, because, you know, she's like an Oscar winner and stuff, or is she an Oscar nominee? Uh, Walter might not be at his best like mentally but he does sort of see everything Yeah, and I, I do like that about the character as well while looking at a victim's video footage Olivia discovers a backpack is missing and traces it back to one of the victims a federal employee with undercover connections to a drug cartel because of course she has <laughs> um, they interview her handler uh, it's in quotes quotations who comes to identify her body so, do you see when she's watching that guy and Olivia's getting all mushy because the guy is uh, the guy's looking at her hand and stuff, the woman's hand? Mm. Did you work that out, what he was doing? Did you know something was afoot? Um, yes, I did, but you should explain in great detail for the listeners. <laughs> um, I'll just double check. It says it on Wikipedia. I don't think it does. Um, well... We we are supposed to think that he is just grieving over his friend's death, mm. but we only see him from behind, and we see that he lifts her hand up, and Olivia puts her head down and just doesn't, you know, she's not wanting to look at it, because she's wanting to give them some, you know, <laughs> alone time, even though she's dead. Um, yeah. But what actually happens is he's taking something out of her the palm of her hand. Mm. She's he cut he cuts her hand and takes a little disc thing out, but we don't find that out till later. And I think it's staged really well that that could just be a man grieving. Yeah, it's not in your face like uh, that. We see him do it, and uh, it's you know it's not really hinted at that he's doing that. But I like that. Yeah. Um. So why is Charlie? Why is Charlie? Because. He's not FBI. No, he's FBI, but he's not Homelander Fringe. So is the Fringe Department working with the FBI and Homeland? Yes. Because Charlie seems to be everywhere. So they are. Well, she's the liaison. Didn't you see the pilot? No, I did. But but she's like, so she's still working for the FBI. Jimmy. What? Jimmy. Don't worry about it. Right, then how about this? Why don't they just tell Charlie that weird shit's happening? Um, the Official Secrets Act. But they're working together. Um, it's not supernatural. He he should be able to believe it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm. None of it matters, Martin. This podcast doesn't matter. What? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I left the pub for this. Uh, but I left my wife for this. <laughs> I left my cat for this. She's downstairs. Um, but I dropped the pilot for this. Oh, well done. Uh, so, what's the problem? Right. So, the French team finds out about Roy and search for his apartment, believing he is behind the bus and other pattern-related t- 
terror attacks. Why you got to be drawing creepy stuff at work, Roy? Exactly. That's just weird, Roy. Yeah, you must have brought the charcoal from home. They soon realise all his drawings are dated before the incidents took place. Like, he couldn't have done that, like, the day before. Like, Oh, you can't with charcoal. <laughs> right, okay. Um, despite the fact that several of them were never made public, in an interrogation, Roy tells Charlie he's been receiving his visions for nine months, roughly when they began seeing pattern-related attacks. And um, as uh, Walter plays on the piano, he plays Beethoven's Fifth. Dun 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 dun. Um, is it is it too early to have that as my uh, Walter moment of the week? <laughs> he, well, it's Walter line of the week, so he doesn't actually yeah. say anything, Martin. But if you want to, I will let you have it. It's my podcast, and I'll conclude piano notes if I want to. It's not your podcast, Martin. It's our podcast. And I'll <laughs> don't don't take me don't make me take my social media platform and go home. <laughs> it's my it's my podcast and I'll cry if I want to. Um, right. See, this is all over the place. Maybe I should have read this before. That doesn't seem your star at all. No. When does the when does the weird joke about the um, freshman getting the wrong room happen? That's later, isn't it? Uh, no, that's just after the da 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 da. Is it right? Yes. Okay. So they're um yeah. So they've put the thing on Roy, and they're going to uh, do a like a test on Roy. And I think the knock at the door and the freshman getting the wrong room was quite a, an odd dark comedy moment. I don't think it quite worked. It kind of felt too early in the run for it. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy did the same gag, and uh, they did it in season three, which was perhaps too late in the run for, for that show. Um, but I quite like the gag because, uh, what does she say? Because they say, oh, is this something lesson? And she's like, oh, it's really not. No, she, said, she says, says um, not remotely. I like that that delivery. Which is funny because of remote viewing and all the other stuff they do in that room. Yeah. Um, but I like how the freshman goes to say something else and she's just like slap. Yep. But it's weird that when this first aired um, I remember quite a lot of people saying that Olivia was quite wooden mm. but I disagree because I think she's great in this episode. Yeah. I think it, I think it just depends who's writing her. I think as well you've got Walter who's larger than life Peter they're sort of playing the ooh what's going on there card mm-hmm. and Olivia's job narratively is sort of to be the blank slate because if you have another character who's you know either of those things it's sort of you don't have the everyman for the audience to relate to and Olivia sort of has to fulfill that role which kind of leaves you with someone who's a bit vanilla yeah but I don't I think she's I think she's supposed to be serious because of the situation she's in and everything's all weird round about her. So I like that she gets a line like not remotely slam the door. I like that she gets that moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because it's good for the actress, not just the character. <laughs> and I think that um, as well, uh, you know, maybe down the line they'll go into her character a bit more. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, Yoda. So, right. You'll note that the rotary movement gives the impression of a three-dimensional tunnel when, in fact, it is not. Next slide, please. That's an oldie but a goodie. 
As you observe this image, your brain perceives first a duck, then a rabbit, then a duck again, and always comes back to the duck. In truth, the image is neither, but it illustrates the brain's need to take random sensory input and construct it into a meaningful whole, Great. despite... Thank you. We get it. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think I do get it. Well, neither do I. I just want him to stop. I'll get the lights. I suspect someone has continued my research. But they've taken the easy way out. Merely using the ghost network as a secure telecommunications channel. You're suggesting that Roy's listening into someone's telephone network? Yes, but no, not listening. Roy's brain is trying to interpret the sensory input, much as our brains grapple with the duck rabbit. I told you, it always comes back to the duck. I've just realised that this part of the plot I'm going to read that actually does say that they do tests in Roy, <laughs> but I'll, I'll edit around about it. It's fine, don't worry about it. Right. Meanwhile, they trace the substance to Massive Dynamic, because of course they do. Olivia interviews um, Nina Sharp, who tells her that the substance has been in an attack before. I'm surprised Massive Dynamic haven't just given her, like, a visitor's pass yeah. to take away with her. Yeah, this is only episode three and she's been there, like, every episode so far. So Sometimes more than once. Yeah, she just always turns up, just giving a key to the building. Um... Walter suspects that Roy is psychic and runs tests on him before realising Roy has some kind of magnetic compound in his blood. Like that guard in X-Men 2. Yeah, exactly. When he... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's quite a good scene, actually. Um, mm -hmm. This leads Walter to recall he and his old lab partner, William Bell. There's that name again. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's something we'll come back to. It, it might be. It might very well be. Was he named for Alexander Graham Bell? I don't know. The actually, the famed telephone stealer. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, so Walter is uh, Walter calls his old partner. Um, I mean, uh, William Bell. Uh, <laughs> they conducted research in creating a ghost network to secretly communicate messages from one person to another in an otherwise undetectable frequency range. During this research, Roy was one of the past test subjects, even though nobody remembers anyone, recognises anyone. Uh, although Roy does, after we learn that, Roy does say, uh, you look familiar, which is kind of a weird sort of um, order to put it in. Mm -hmm. It's like, as soon as Roy, as soon as the audience finds out that William Bell and um, uh, Walter ran tests on Roy, Roy recognises uh, uh, Walter. It should have kind of been like the other way around, maybe, but anyway. And this is the first time that uh, Walter's responsible, or potentially responsible, for the shenanigans. Yeah, it is, it is seriously hinted at that Walter is, yeah. But past Walter, because this Walter doesn't really seem to doesn't really seem to remember it. Well, they're the same guy. No, I know, but, you know, people change. So he's clearly forgot... He's clearly forgot um, things in the past 17 years. Mm. Uh, like, Walter further theorises that someone else has perfected his research and that Roy is overhearing secret messages from one of the people behind the terrorist attacks. And the writers of Stranger Things started scribbling ideas down at this point. Yes. Um, Olivia and Peter arrive at his old house to find equipment needed to tap into Roy's mind. 
the I like the when Peter breaks into the house and he says he says to Olivia, "What? Well, it's barely a crime because I used to live here." That gave me serious pacey from Dawson uh, Dawson's Creek vibes right there. That was that was a pacey line. I actually consulted with the podcast's legal team, and that's not even remotely true. It's actually very illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So pacey lied. That's not good, Pacey. I mean, Peter lied. That's not good, Peter. Um, Using the equipment, they are able to intercept messages in Latin, detailing an upcoming exchange at South Station in an hour. They realise the handler removed a small crystalline disc from the federal agent's hand when he identified her body, and that he is now going to exchange it for something else. So, Olivia goes to the train station, and on the train... There's there's a bald man, and he looks like a bald man that we saw in the hospital last week. He was on the train. That, that's can't, some coincidence, that isn't it, Martin? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's shot in uh, like Boston, and there's only three actors or something, probably. Probably, I don't think it's shot in Boston. No, it is. They say it in big, big it's not, words. Yeah, that it's are not three sh- D printed or something. Yeah. It's Set in Boston. Which I think have to still be there because they're oh, tidying those up, right? <laughs> it's um it's set in Boston. Olivia intercepts a man who is killed before she can talk to him. She chases another man involved in exchange who commits suicide in front of a bus after giving him a briefcase containing the disc. Can we can we please I know this is two thousand and eight, but a lot of things have done it since since then too. But can we please stop if there's someone getting hit by a bus out of nowhere trope? Oh, but it's really easy to do with VFX now. You don't actually have to run anyone over at all. No, I know. That's, well, yeah. Uh, Final Destination did it in the year 2000. Um, So it's happened quite a lot since then. Lost did it. Other shows and films have done it. (laughs) Philip Broyles secretly gives the disc to Nina for analysis. While Roy is sent home as they as they believe he will no longer see visions because the ghost network has been compromised. If I know you at all, this isn't the only reason you're here. Is this because of our interest in Agent Dunham? Seems a bit early to be poaching my newest hire with only a three-case resume under a belt. I didn't achieve my position without the ability to evaluate someone's talents immediately. Neither did I. Well, you feel protective of her, don't you? I'm in the business of protecting all my agents. I want nothing but the best for her. Of course you do. Do you know what I like about this episode? What's that? Roy lives. Yes. Yes. They could have quite easily killed him off. Mm-hmm. But he lives. And he got healed for the time being. As far as we know, he got healed. And um, I like to think he lives a long and happy life. So, good for Roy. Um, Astrid gets more than two lines this episode, which is good. Yes. She actually has a full-blown conversation with someone. That's that's always good. What is your water line of the week? Is he just going to do the dun-dun-dun-dun? Yes, yes I am. Well, my Walter line of the week is... Well, it was either that or, I want pancakes. Yes. Well, my Walter line of the week is, am I required to keep him alive? <laughs> Which just sort of sums up Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's so there's so many ways they could have written that, which would have 
you know, got the point across. But it's the way he hints at it being an inconvenience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he quite happily just let him die. <laughs> Walter don't give no shit. Um, right, so the symbols uh, between the ads, they spell out Eger, A-E-G-E-R, which is Latin for sick. Ooh. Yes. Um, and apparently, Martin, mm-hmm. apparently there is a clue. There is a clue. We sort of poo-pooed this the last time, but there is actually a clue to the next episode in every single episode so far. Because right. the clue to the Ghost Network can be found in the previous episode, the same old story, on a street sign next to Massive Dynamic. Um, a sticker placed over a one-way sign reads, Voces, V-O-C-E-S video, which is in Latin translates, I see voices. And this episode had Latin in, so that must be true. Yeah. You don't, you don't believe this, do you? You don't believe that they're actually that far ahead that <laughs> they can do that. I, you know what? I'm so, I, I, you know, I'm so sick of TV shows which are all planned in advance. I'm not saying they're planned. In they're advance. making it up as it goes along. But I'm just like, okay, maybe they are. Maybe I'm they not are. saying this is planned in advance. Um, this was on a street sign that could have been put in um, uh, digitally. Yes, that's true. While they were, yes, while before the episode aired, while they knew what the next episode was mm. going to be. So, I'm believing it for the time being. Uh, right. No, that is very cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if this if this happens. And apparently, one of the one of the notes that's on the, the Wikipedia entry is this is the first use of amber in the series, which is a spoiler. Although I don't mm-hmm. remember amber being in it again, so that's all right. Right. Yes, you do. Well, I don't. I don't remember amber being in this apart from this episode. After this, even my wife remembers. It. I don't. Um, and I'm not saying they made it all up as they went along, um, but if they did uh, plan it, then it's very well done. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, uh, most TV shows going from shows which, you know, were quite like Battlestar Galactica, which were quite open about the fact they made it up as they were going along, mm-hmm. and shows like Babylon 5, which uh, insisted they had a plan from the get-go and later went back and revealed exactly what the plan was at any given time. Yeah. Um, most shows, uh, you know, fall somewhere in the middle. Right. Especially if they say they've made it all up from the beginning. Yeah. Um, so, do you recognise the actor who plays Roy? Zach Orff. Have you seen him in anything else? I did not recognise him. Well, I didn't recognise him until I looked him up. And he was one of the, the main characters in the TV show Revolution. I didn't see that because it looked appalling. That was good um, for the first season. Uh, and then it went to shit. Um, but yeah, it was actually not a bad show for the first season. But I didn't recognise him uh, because, and this sounds really stupid, but in Revolution, he wears glasses. So, <laughs> actually, uh, Superman used that uh, to his advantage. What do you mean? Um, there was a comic book character called Superman. I know that. And, yeah, uh, I know. I know. And like, yeah. He took and like he took his glasses off that he wore the rest of the time when he was being a superhero. 
Right, but he he was just Superman, though, without glasses, right? That's actually something that Clark Kent used to his advantage. Uh, what? Right, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Clark Kent? That's two separate people you're talking about here, Martin. Clark Kent and Superman. Oh, yes, of course it is. Silly me. Ben is glory. <laughs> glory is Ben. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Roy's character, his name is inspired by Richard Dreyfuss's character um, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, there you go. I really should watch that. You've never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No, I got the Blu-ray for Christmas. You should. Two years ago. You should watch it. You you like sci-fi films. I thought you would have seen that by now. I know, it's shameful. Yeah, it is actually quite shameful. To be fair, the Blu-ray was in a storage unit in a different country for most of the time, but I have had it. Yeah, fair enough. No problem. I understand. So, the next episode of Fringe, Martin we are going to be talking about The Arrival, which is episode four. Is it written in Latin somewhere in this episode? (laughs) Probably. There's probably something somewhere, but I'm not looking ahead. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Um, Because if I'd start doing that, I would just get mixed up um, and forget where things are in my life. Um, But the next episode is written by J.J. Abrams um, and Jeff Pinkner. So there you go. Right, so that's all we have time for. Um, if you would like to... We don't have a Twitter for this, because it's not going to last long. We've done, <laughs> we don't have a Twitter for this, but if you can follow my Twitter, uh, at DropThePilotPod, shiftybench.co.uk is the website, and contact at shiftybench.co.uk is where you can send us feedback. Um, where can people follow you online, Martin? At the Faldo on Twitter. Excellent. Um, yeah, it would be nice to get some feedback. You know what people think. Um, what's going to happen as long as you haven't seen it, because that's all defeats the purpose. Uh, Please give us attention. Our parents never did. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I'm not left with my mum, and she still doesn't fucking give me attention. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Goodbye. Ta-ra. <laughs>